0: he said no. Amen. Praise the Lord. That was a wonderful piece of music. Praise the Lord. And, um, no matter how downcast one may be tonight, I believe that you believe in the grace of God. Amen. And let the grace that we say not be a recitation, but let it be real. Amen. We want to pray, commit ourselves to the Lord's hands, that we may hear His word and apply it to wisdom. Our hearts to wisdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for the privilege of, Lord, impressing upon us that, Lord, your grace and your mercy still abides. We pray, O God, that whilst we are here tonight, you will speak to each heart. Give us a divine assignment that we may live to fulfill the purpose for which you called us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Tonight we are speaking on making the everlasting light visible in our national lives. In other words, you can say being being a light to the nation. Being a light to the nation. simplify, by say being a light to the nation. Hallelujah. Being a light to the nation. It's a very important assignment when God says that I've called you to be a light to to the nations
1: you know the chapter that we are
0: been focusing on this year in Isaiah chapter 60 the root of that chapter
1: is actually a prophecy to a nation there are scriptures that are personalized like Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd. And there are scriptures that are for the church. If you read the New Testament, you see Paul writing the epistles. And a lot of the epistles are to churches. The focus of the message is to the church. But there are also scriptures that are to the nation of Israel. And it's very important that we always look at the roots of any scripture because every scripture has its primary application and it has its secondary application. Hallelujah. So for example when you take the Lord is my shepherd, the application there to David the shepherd of God talking about his the protection of God and all of that but you can also decide to Take it to another level. The Lord is a shepherd of Israel. You can take it to another level. That will mean differently in terms of prosperity. When you come into the New Testament, you may see similar stories. For example, the parable of the prodigal, what we call the prodigal son, which in other versions of scripture is said, the lost son. The focus of Jesus bringing that story was not about the prodigality. Jesus brought in that story to illustrate the love of God. That a man will have hundred sheep and if one gets lost, he so passionately looks for the one and leaves the ninety-nine. Then he went on to demonstrate how a man had two sons and the one went wayward and the other came back. Now, in the story, you might pick other lessons. For example, the, 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 the theme of prodigality, which is about wastefulness. is a very good theme. If you want to talk about, pro, it's a parable you can decide to learn about prosperity, about how to be frugal, so that you don't waste money. Because the, the, the young man who left his father's house was not frugal. He didn't take good care of the resources that the father gave him. So you can decide to interpret that story that way. But the main reason why Jesus gave that story was not for that. The main reason why Jesus gave the parable was to teach about the experience of how God so loves his children that he was to get lost. That no matter how much a child of God gets lost, God is willing to bend over backwards. And so the scripture says in in that passage, when he talks about the prodigal son... He says somewhere along the line that while the son was a long way off, his father saw him and he got up and he met him, which shows the mercies of God, which shows the grace of God. So that is the, thing, the way the scriptures go. Now in Isaiah 60, we see God speaking to Israel who are in exile. They are in exile. They have being taken over by their enemies. Now, while they're in captivity, God is telling them that, Lord, in the midst of your captivity, I'm going to bring you a restoration. Hallelujah. And so, it's a national prophecy. It's a prophecy to the nation. Though we can, as individuals, apply portions of that prophecy to our own lives. But the real message of Isaiah 60 was to Israel, when God says, Arise, shine, your light has come. He was speaking to the nation of Israel. Hallelujah. So that is why what we are sharing tonight is very important. You need to get it that really the meat of the prophecy is to the nation. How can the church, how can the people or the nation, for example, in Ghana, respond to this call? This door that God has opened to the nation of Israel. How can we appropriate these promises that are there? Not for just ourselves, but for us as citizens. That the real context in which this prophecy should be applied is for you and I within the context as citizens of a, co- a nation called Ghana. Hallelujah. Or wherever you come from, wherever you reside, the nation in which you live, that the message of this prophecy in Isaiah 60 can be applied. Say amen. Now, when you look at the whole chapter, there are many, many, many revivals that are spoken about. Time will not allow us to list all the revivals. When you look at chapter 60 and verse 3, you see he says, the Gentiles shall come to your light. He's talking about Israel, the Jews. The light of Israel. That the way, the development and the understanding and the progress that Israel sees, the Gentiles will come. Their knowledge of God, their understanding of God. So, over here you see there's a spiritual um, revival, renewal being mentioned. The Gentiles, because it's actually not about um uh, uh, uh race over there when you say when you use gentile you're talking not about the race as such you are talking more about the religious body of non non people who don't serve the god of israel or jehovah el shaddai so gentiles are people who signify worldly people so when it says the gentiles will come to your light He's telling us that those who don't serve the God of Israel or the God of Isaac, Jacob and Abraham, that those people will come to the understanding that the, those who serve God have. Hallelujah. So he's talking about a revival over there. You look at verse four and four, verse four. So lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. The sons of Israel who had scattered because the country was in darkness, because there was no no direction and they had been taken captive by the um, uh, Gentiles or by the Babylonians and other Assyrians and all of them. He says, they will come back because things are getting better. Hallelujah. So again, he's talking about a social restoration. Fathers, sons coming back to fathers. Now, of course, you can also interpret it within the context of, let's say, if you have a son or a daughter who has gone wayward, you can say, "Okay, I claim this promise, and God will honor His word as well." Hallelujah. <laughs> so it's still applicable, but the message is that the nation has got sons who are scattered across the nations, and this is in fulfillment that of, of, of prophecy that God said the people that God so much love, They if their leaders and the people don't serve the Lord faithfully, if you read the book of Kings, you read the book of um, Chronicles, you see God repeatedly warning the kings and warning the people of Israel, because of your stubbornness, if you don't turn around, if you don't repent, I will scatter you. And when I scatter you, I don't know what will happen to you. And you will be sl- slaves in other nations. So your children will be uh, uh, born slaves in other sit- nations and cities. And that's what he's referring to that. Instead of they being slaves in other nations, I'll bring them back to myself and bring them back to you. Hallelujah. So there is a a, a spiritual revival or moral revival. There is a social revival. There is an economic restoration in verse 6 and 7. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. And all those from Sheba shall come, and they shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. These are all showing that there will be a restoration, economic restoration, to a nation which has seen the light of God. Then it goes on to talk about the infrastructure. Verse 10 says, the sons of foreigners shall build up your walls. Wall signifies infrastructure. Security. When the walls are built, the enemies can't enter easily. And for in my wrath, I struck you. But in my favor, I have mercy. I've had mercy on you. And he goes on to talk about, the verse 15 talks about an emotional restoration. So whereas you have been forsaken and hated, so that no one went through you, I will make you an eternal excellence a joy of many generations. So, he's talking about bringing back self-confidence, dignity to the nation that people despise. And that is where, when we talk about the light, that's where we are heading for. for Moving from a situation where when people mention our names, they talk negatively only about our continent, about our nations, about our leaders. Now, he's saying that when the light shines, it won't be like that. But rather, honor and dignity will come to us. Our international policy and our reputation will change. Our self-confidence will change. Then he talks about verse 18, talks about peace and stability. It says, violence shall no longer be heard in your land, neither wasting nor destruction within your bodies, but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. So all the things we are hearing about Dagbon, Bimbila, all these other places that you buy land you are never sure all of these things that uh, is like we are still in the jungle world uh, animal kingdom if you are strong you eat if you are weak you sleep type of territory it's all going to be history when the light truly shines upon the land hallelujah when we rise up and respond to the light so when there is no rise, that's why I say arise, shine, your light has come. When the nation or the people of the land rise up and respond to what God is doing, this is what we are going to begin to see. So the abs- the fact that you are not, we are not seeing these things is an indication that people have not arisen. It's an maybe an indication that the light is not fully manifest. Amen. So. We look at our, our society, we look at our nations, we look at community, and we determine, do we think that we have the light? Do we think that we are seeing the shining forth of the light? If you look at it, if you think you are seeing these things, security, social revival, spiritual revival, economic restoration, infrastructure, emotional self-confidence for the land and for the people of the land, and then, Verse uh, 22 again repeats the issue of security. If you look at all of these things, which indicate progress, which will indicate revival or restoration, and we can see around us as a nation, are we seeing these things? If you are not seeing these things, then it means that we must activate the promises that are in this. It says, arise, shine. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, arise. Arise. Shine. Hallelujah. Now, as I was thinking about this scripture, then the Lord, the Holy Spirit, revealed, reminded me of what Jesus himself said in John chapter 5, verse 35. And I went there and I saw that the model for how can I be relevant to this scripture? How can I... Apply and make this thing happen within my quarter, within my territory, within my area as a Ghanaian, as a citizen of any nation that I belong to. How can I uh, appropriate this prophecy? And the Lord Jesus' word that he spoke about John, John the Baptist. Once upon a time, this was our slogan scripture. He says, he was the burning and shining lamb and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light, that I just called the revelation. that You see, John the Baptist is a model of what we are looking for. If we want to understand how a Christian can be a relevant light in our time today, one of the most ideal persons we must look at to is John the Baptist. He doesn't sound an attractive person to look at because even though Jesus says Jesus says, Because of his light, we are willing for a a time to rejoice in his light. It means that if light shines, everybody rejoices. Hallelujah. When the light is shining, even the wicked sometimes like it for a season. And I believe that Jesus spoke to them about John the Baptist in this way because... He he knew that the journey and the path that John the Baptist was treading was not a comfortable path. This subject of the uh, 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 everlasting light that we are talking or seeking to appropriate. My brother, my sister, let us understand that this thing is not a light matter. John the Baptist was very, very, very dangerous. So if Jesus says that he was a burning and shining light in his generation, and he says to you and I that we ought to be or we are going to be the people that his light will shine through in our generation, let me tell you, it's not an easy road. Once upon a time, a friend of mine, a bishop friend of mine was having a chat with me and we're talking about somebody somewhere, I've forgotten what it was. Then he said, when we were in school in Nigeria... The Archbishop Idahosa once upon a time said that if you preach like John the Baptist, you die like John the Baptist. (laughs) Did you hear me? If you preach like John the Baptist, you die like John. What he was saying was that if you are not called to function fully at his measure in the way he functioned, if you carry that if you carry it ahead of time, you may die. And if you are even called, you must be prepared. It's a surprise that we, are, we we shouldn't. It's not like, oh, this light has come, I will prosper. This light has come, oh, it was going to be well with me. Because the John the Baptist, Jesus said, he was the burning, he was there. There. When you say somebody is there, what it means is that he is the standard, the model this is when you say, the, 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 the state or the, the city or the school or death so so and so it, 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 it makes that entity unique it makes that entity the model for that which you are talking about hallelujah you say this is the man, you are the man Americans say that, he is the man it means that he is the ideal man he is a standard man you are the woman, you are the girl it means you are the ideal girl. You are the one that if we are looking for, you are the diplomat. You are the person that we, if you we are looking for a real diplomat, you are the one they must look up to. So when Jesus says, John the Baptist, he was the burning and shining lamp. And you were willing for time to rejoice in his light. What it means is that John the Baptist is the ideal light we are talking about. So, you and I, if we want to model after him, after, after, we want to be the, ever, the everlasting light to reflect to us, to affect our generation, we must begin to look at what did John the Baptist go through? What did he say? How did he manage himself within his social setting? In his generation, how was he accepted? And are we willing to go through what, what he went through? Hallelujah. Because we are talking about burning. And shining light. Say amen. So if I'm to follow the life of John the Baptist. We will not finish. But let's take it from Luke chapter 3. We have his account in chapter 3. We have his account in um, John also chapter 3. There's a bit of him. We have him also spoken about in Matthew chapter 3. But let's look at the Luke account, and you see that John the Baptist, there are many qualities that made him the burning and shining light. To begin with, we know that before we go to chapter 3, when he was um, conceived, the scripture talks about the fact that after his, his mother, Elizabeth, took seed of him, and he came out, we know that right from his infancy, he had encounters with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He didn't just appear on the scene. Everything that John the Baptist did was something that the Lord Holy Spirit was involved with. Hallelujah. Now let's look at John the Baptist in John Luke chapter 3. And then, he says, Now, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch, blah, 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 blah. While Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of the Lord came to John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. Now, how did John the Baptist become the burning and shining light? In the year of these kings and these leaders... We're talking about the political light. Hallelujah. John the Baptist. The Bible said the word of the Lord came to John the Baptist in the wilderness. It's a message. What is telling you and I is that a person who wants to operate in the light and be a channel of the light must have had an encounter with the word. Hallelujah. He was stuck, he was stuck, or oh, the whole ministry of John was not something he himself started. First and foremost, he was separated in the wilderness. That's the, another subject. Now, persons. Anybody who has not had a wilderness encounter, I suggest, will find it difficult to be, to receive that word. If you are a city person, not city that you are born, but you you want to be with the crowd always, it is going to be very difficult to be one that will be the burning and shining light. The scripture says, he was in the wilderness and the word of the Lord came to him. came to him in the wilderness. What is your wilderness experience? What's the meaning of wilderness? Wilderness is not the same as a city. When things are not organized, when things are hopeless, wilderness is an isolation zone. Wilderness is a place where you are not sure when the next meal is going to come. Wilderness, that's why you see, when it comes to ministry and doing certain things for God, you realize that experiences more, even the dark tunnels of life can be golden opportunities for you to be a stronger person in the ministry. Say amen. He says, he was in the wilderness. Many of us, one of the things we don't like is going through trouble. Wahala. But it was in the wilderness that the word of the Lord came to John. Paul and Silas were in the dungeon. The Spirit of the Lord came there. In the wilderness. So if all our Christian experience is in the city, because it says, Blessed will you be in the city. Blessed will you be in the field. Blessed will you be in your going and your coming. Then it might be difficult to receive the word that will survive, which will make speak to nations and to kings. Say, Amen. He says, he was in the wilderness, and the word of the Lord came to John. Hallelujah. So we are trying to go on the path of John the Baptist, so we also can be the burning and shining light in our time. Amen. And he says, and he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching. A baptism of
0: repentance.
1: Do you have a message? This thing is a message. This light, it cannot be accidental, responsive nature. It is a conscious message. Too many of us are walking the surface of this earth without a message. That is why we can easily, when we find ourselves in hard places, we can easily be corrupted by the system. Because you, 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 we, we, we are in business or private or public, wherever we find ourselves, we, don't, we are not there on purpose. But the scripture says, he had a message, pre- preparing to preach the message of repentance. What is your message, my brother? What is your message? we can be effective for as long as we have a message. And you see, getting a message, you can be in church for many years and still not have a message. That is why he was in the wilderness for a period. Up to about the age of maybe 30, 25, 30, I don't know how long he was there. But that is something that we are lacking in our generation, waiting for the message. Because when the message drops in your spirit, it changes the whole, the, the, the whole thing. You can preach. You can teach. You can do the work of God. You can be involved in ministry. But when there is no message, I tell you, when the time comes for your light to shine, it doesn't shine the way it should. When any heaviness or darkness comes, it can easily eclipse the light. But when the message is there, it's strong. John the Baptist had the message. It was this message... Preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. That was the fire. That was which was agitating people. That was piercing kings. Piercing the the, 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 the tax collectors. Piercing the the Pharisees and the scribes. Piercing all manner of people. And it, 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 it was this message that he had for different categories of people. The soldiers you see it in the scripture in a short while that it was the message that was appropriated by different categories of the society hallelujah and without a message the word from the wilderness we can be irrelevant we can talk about the light we can boast about the light we can sing about the light but the light will not shine and burn if there is no message What is your message? Because even as a preacher, I can testify that I have struggled by the grace of God to, you know, to get the message in season. And when you are in the message that God called you for, and you understand, you you receive the message for your life, you realize that no matter what any situation that changes, you will still burn and shine. But when the thing is a borrowed message, when you are not sure, when you, you, you are trying it, when you are just uh, uh, mimicking or imitating and just getting around, it can be very dicey when you are faced with obstruction. John had an authentic message. We all need an authentic message. When I, I, I started preaching, I had, I thought, of course, at any given time, the, the, the authenticity of your message will also can graduate. Let me say that. That you graduate, in the, you grow from one degree of glory to another. But as with time one has matured, the Lord opened my eyes, I saw some scriptures that I saw, this is my mandate. So, I am unshaking. When I'm fulfilling that mandate, when I have to build a bridge according to my mandate in Isaiah 58 from verse 10 to 12, I see that God gave gave me a specific message which is relevant to my cause. That Through that message and my revelation and understanding of that message, I become relevant to people and to my society and to my nation. And every child of God, God is going to speak to you in the wilderness somehow. And when he speaks to you in the wilderness, don't play with that message. I know we all have the false spiritual laws. We all teach about salvation. We don't, all of, but let me say, you don't have to be a pastor or an evangelist or anybody like that for you to have a message. No. In fact, in the time of John the Baptist, there was nothing like pastor, prophet and all of these things. He was just a common man sitting in the wilderness and saying, Lord, I want to know what you have for me. And the Lord appeared to him and gave him a message. What was the message? The Lord said, go and tell the people of Israel, preaching, speak forth, that look, the time, the axe is laid to the root. Repent and be baptized for the remission of sin. That was his message. There might have been other additions, but the core message of John was that repent, be baptized for the remission of your sins. And it is this message that when he spoke, pierced into the hearts of the soldiers. It was the message that when he spoke, it pierced into the hearts of the Pharisees. It was the message and, and you see, the application of that message was different to everybody. So he told some people that the tax money you are collecting, don't collect more. That was the application. Some people said that, don't bully the people. If you are a soldier, don't bully the people with your your your, your, your might. You are there to serve, not to bully the people. And he told us who were priests and all of that, be honest before God. Serve God truthfully. Don't be hypocritical about your service to God. So everybody, the message was appropriated accordingly. Hallelujah. And that was how the shining and the light that we are talking about came forth. So everybody needs to have that encounter. Say amen. Now, John being in the wilderness in verse 3, as you go further, you see that he was a selfless being to decide his father was a priest. And I believe that the family was not poor, so so to speak. Because the Bible said, and they came together to celebrate that they were going to name him and all. I don't think that they were very poor. But opting to go through suffering was a choice that he made because of what he was carrying. Amen. Another thing I discovered about John the Baptist, there are many things we can go through. Maybe you can write it. He was humble. If you look at verse 16, when he was talking about Jesus, he says, "The one indeed that is coming, I am I'm not. He's uh, mightier than me. I am not worthy to untie his shoes and all of that. And he will baptize him with the Holy Ghost. See humility here. What are the qualities of John the Baptist that made him become effective as a shining light? One, he was humble. He acknowledged. Then he also recognized divine order. Now, one of the things that's worrying in our generation is that people think once I have the message. I'm great. I have arrived. But John the Baptist had a calling. He had a message. And yet, the Bible said, he said in John chapter 3 verse 30. He said, he must, when they heard that, oh, Jesus Christ, the one you baptized, has come. And he's doing so and so and so and so. Oh, he must increase. I must decrease. He understood divine order. Today, a lot of people who want to project as having the light, don't understand divine order. That there is a divine order in the kingdom. There are things that pertains to certain levels of spiritual authority. And if you don't belong there, you need to be very careful. Hallelujah. There are certain things that at my level, I cannot speak to by divine arrangement. There are certain people, if I even think they have gone wrong in the kingdom, I tell you, I don't have the mandate to stand in the pulpit. Even if I have thousands scriptures to prove that they are wrong, I don't have the mandate, spiritual authority to come and raise their name or anything like and judge them. Because there is something called divine order. And you need to recognize that. If you fail to recognize that, you are calling judgment upon yourself. Hallelujah. And there are a lot of people who are coming up, who are rising up, and who God is speaking to in the closet, but do not come to the point of understanding divine order. Sometimes you see, some of the debates that go on on radio, you see somebody say, the Lord has revealed you, to, and a man of God or a senior minister will say, oh please, what you are saying is, oh, then, especially before election, prophesy, say this, uh, no, I'm a man of God, no, 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 and who called? Who chose him? Who, 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 when you hear that, you know that the person doesn't understand spiritual order. And you see, many such ones don't have the shining light. Because their light doesn't affect the nation. They speak, but it doesn't affect the nation. It may affect one or two people who are ignorant. But in reality, they don't do things that affect the nation. But if you understand divine order, uh, your message and whatever you do will affect the nation. Say amen. John the Baptist understood divine order. He knew that Jesus' time had come. He needed to take a backseat. He was selfless. Even though he was bold and truthful, He was willing to pay the price. And he was not comfort-centered because the Bible says he ate lucas and wild honey. Now let me zero in on this. Light is effective when it's focused. Write it down. Light is effective When it's focused. When the light, any light you have, when it's spread out so much, it loses its um, effectiveness. Is it called lumens? Something like that. But when it's zeroed in, like this projector, it's light and it's focused. And it gets us what we want. But if you put it 100 miles away, You see that the writings, the purpose of the projection will be lost. Hallelujah. Amen. It's very important for a child of God who wants to be a burning and shining light to know his or her focus at any given time. If you look at the life of John the Baptist, his life and light was shown in three spheres if you look at the life of esther the queen in the old testament she also had light which was shown in the same three spheres and i'm going to go to that the first sphere was the light that showed personally the second sphere is the communal light And the last sphere is a national light that affects mainly authority. And let me say that when it comes to authority, there are levels of authority that everyone's sphere can approach. And that is where a lot of people miss it. For example, if, if for example, you saw at the Independence Square that they were doing something that you, you are as a Christian, as a child of God, you are not comfortable with. Some of the things that Professor marty could say, you and I, sitting where we sit, may not be able to say. The apostolic mandate behind Professor Martin is not what you, you, you as a Christian sitting here can have. And where his voice will go, I'm using him as an example, because you remember that before the last election, strong, sharp statements and people, there were all kinds of backlash but because of the seat that is occupying not as in the the physical seat, the ladder but the spiritual authority that backs the seat monkeys play by size and when you get to the authority, the ability to speak to authority, you need to understand that game very well. Otherwise, you will make a shipwreck of your light. You may have the light, but you realize that if you are not careful, your generator will, your equipment will kaput. Amen. When we go back to the Old Testament, I'm not talking about focusing your light. I've spoken about the Example of John the Baptist. How do I, we're talking about uh, the light within the national sphere as a citizen of the land. How do I make my light shine? In what way does my light shine as a personal citizen? Hallelujah. John tells us that we must 1 John 3 tells us that we must love in word and in deed. There are many deeds that make our light shine as Christians or as people of the light. How do you want to belabor them? I mean, from the tax element to the behavior in the office, our own conduct as citizens, obeying the laws, all of those things. That's that's, that's a very personal level. That every one of us, keeping to the rules of the, the laws of the land, it's a basic thing. Even sometimes the driving regulations, many of us are guilty. Red crossing, red lights, and changing, turning at the wrong place, all of those things are signs of the light. Our patience, our tolerance, as we go through the line in public places. Sometimes you, are, you, are, you go to a public place and they are serving you, and because you, you, we get agitated. In other places, so you go to like in America, for example, when there's light off it's very beautiful when they also have sometimes power problem or of light or what do you call it traffic intersection goes wrong and they have a, a, an unwritten law everybody knows it you get there you are the first you stand if you if, the, if if i come and i met you i wait you move the next one knows you move the next one moves we move they go and they'll go around it. You hardly meet. I've been there by the grace of God many times. I've never seen this sort of sideo at a traffic intersection where somebody has gotten up and one person says, okay, let's move. You know, even it's dangerous because there are people are so quick tempered, if you mess up somebody will shoot you. So you don't come out of your car. Everybody is following the order. A lie or no lie. They follow you. And I've never seen traffic. That there's a problem and people are... No. And one beautiful thing. I go to some of my friends' homes. We are traveling at night. It's 1 a.m. And he's in a residential area. The sign says stop in the residential area. Some of us, God forgive us. Even the red light in the main street. When it says red and it's past 10, you are afraid to stop because you fear the thief. The thief. No. It's 1 a.m. And my friend sees stop. He has to cross these stops in the residential area about five of them before he gets to the main road. Everyone, he will slow down, he will stop. The car will stop. He says, he he doesn't know whether the cameras are picking or whatever. But of course, whether it's camera submission or what law, that law is working. You don't find anybody go to any place that they have to kill, that they are quarreling with the person in the queue. You can quarrel all you want to quarrel The person is following the rules. Everybody goes to the post office and they just line up and everybody is just being saved. Whether the lady there can take, somebody can finish, Come, you know how some of these, excuse me to say, um, older women, sometimes they can do, don't do all the pack. they'll do half, then all of, and people just be there. Everybody is just waiting. Many of them who are in the queue, they are not born again. But they have received the light of patience. At the personal level, citizens but we who are saying we are born again we speak in tongues somebody tell them, I mean, oh, child, even buying food 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 watch it and they watch it, it. oh to do assist that there then we start the arguments stand, oh, child, then people will just walk off then somebody will insult there my day? then pa, 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 pa fight people will fight because they can't their spirit of patience the light one of the areas that we are tested most in our life is in the area of patience. standing for our time. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's, it's something so difficult. Even though the fruit of the Spirit is patience. Love, joy, peace, self-control. No, 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 no. Many people, even preachers, pastors. If you like, go to a pastor's conference. You see, when they are serving food, You know whether the people are pastors or whatever. When it's full time. So at the personal level, we have a big responsibility. Amen. As citizens. But it's not impossible. Esther did it. John the Baptist did it. At the communal level, those around us, when we are with our people, our family, our friends, as citizens, in our local community, as good neighbors, our light is tested. How is our light tested? Many times it comes those that is in the area of initiative, initiative. There are some of us who live in communities that we don't care. Our whole enclave is just us. No matter what anybody, anything is happening around, we don't care. It's just us. Once we are entering, we enter our home, we are free. Whether the area people are messing up, doing whatever, we don't care. Once we get to our homes, we are free. We have reached our haven. If something is going wrong, but I mean a child or somebody is misbehaving around, because of fear that they will confront us, we can't bring our light there. You see school children fighting in the street. You can't even, as a child of God, say, no, this is not on. You see somebody doing something, a driver being reckless, being wayward, and you can see he's going to kill the people if you don't warn him. We don't care. You are going to sit in church you 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 pass by the driver, you can see that monsoon wins. You can pick it. The way, this guy is going. He will destroy their lives. You are afraid, timidity, fear has enveloped you. So you can't go to the station master and tell them, this driver he doesn't qualify, or you can't even agree with other passengers. Say seize the keys. The driver can't go with these people. You go and kill them. Oh, let's try. And we said, we are talking about light here. How does my light shine? The light that John the Baptist shone in his time, he was, there was, there was, there was boldness in it. He preached the truth. Relentless. He didn't fear faces. Relentless. He didn't he, di- he didn't look at people and say because you are the priest or you are this or you are that. No. He did it according to the grace of God upon his life. Because he had a message. What is your message? What is my message? As we step out into our communities, as we even discuss, hear things being discussed, fine, you may not be able to call a, into a radio station. But you know that some of the things they are saying, they are, they are not correct. You can't even type in a text. You are, we all leave it to people like Brother Ace. Eh? So they should go. Then we will stay and enjoy our comfort because we haven't got the spirit of John the Baptist. We want people to go. Oh, Papa, he's very bold. This man is very good. Oh, I like, I like, I like this woman. I like, we, we like, we like pride in ourselves. But it says he was a burning, the burning and shining light. And I want that label too for myself. You too, you must want that label. Hallelujah. But you see, if you are self-preserving, you, you're always self-preserving. Always. Self-preservation is your philosophy reasons for that. We can't get there. Esther said in Esther 4 verse 16, said, I, "I, you go and organize the people to fast. Me too. My queen, My women and I, my community will also fast. That's also another way of shining. Private gathering amongst us that we do doing. Not only for election, but after all. Being given our time to things of the nation. Free. And devoting spiritual energy to the things of the kingdom. Of the nation. Free. It's not everything you need to profit. My dear brother, my dear sister. This country, one of the challenges we are having now is that so many people, even Christians, think that everything you must gain from it. So you see, if we are to go around in this church, for example, you ask, if I ask how many of us are involved in even charity work, NGO work, to just say that every week I volunteer two hours to help old women or to help orphans or to help people. It's not, it's not, it's not in our vocabulary. It's not in our program. Everything is about we, our wives, our children, our husband, our job, our money, our everything. But let me tell you, Christianity is more than preaching and prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. Jesus said to the Jews, you have left the weightier matters of the law, justice, truth. Hallelujah. Joy, mercy, the whole year passed, 2016. I don't know how many of us even had said, Oh, I, also t- children's home. Or tested home. is just around the corner. Let me go and spend one Saturday and just help. How many of us will get up? We are busy. Busy, busy. busy. Oh, every weekend we are busy. Saturday. Even or say, oh, Sunday afternoon. I'm going to help to scrub their whatever. Whether well, it's bad. Yet we we'll see. Oh, don't mind this but they are just collecting money. We are quick, our our tongues are sharper than the, the babies with sharp teeth. We talk, we criticize, we analyze, but we don't do anything for society, for the nation, for people. We are willing to do it for a party because time the or MC or they want people to go assembly, they'll call us. That one we want a reward. But to say that, oh, I am going to devote my time to something. I'm going to a primary school every Wednesday morning to do this. Apart from preaching, I'm going to help the young people. Spend two hours, counsel them, just so that they will get direction. You, you have been to so-so and so international school. Your mother, your father were privileged. You were privileged. They took you through all that. But you, what have you done for those who are coming? To decide that, I'm going to go there. Those children who are wayward. Wireless and other places. They are not because they chose to be. Some of them, just because they didn't get parents who had time for them. If you will spend one hour of your week, two hours of your week, or of your month even, and go and say, I want to devote some time to help some young children. And just raise them. Take advantage to preach the gospel. And beyond preaching the gospel, labor for the school. Say, I want to be a volunteer, even teacher. Teach them... Just let them understand civics. Let them understand their national duties. Just let them understand life. How to be a young teenager girl to understand all this puberty and all these challenges that young girls are facing. Just that, just that. You don't know how much impact you will make. Esther said, I will do that. And if I perish, I perish. But we are very comfortable. We are in our nice glass environment, nobody should touch us. My twenty-four hours, I have only eight hours to sleep. I don't want any disturbance. When someone these people, they make noise in my neighborhood. I don't want that sort of thing. When I set up the press, I travel six, three, two hours to work. I, 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 I've had enough hustle. I don't need this wahala too. My dear sister, life is bigger than your world. My brother, life is bigger than your world. Begin. Let's begin to think. When we talk, we, the politician cannot solve our problems. Don't, don't food, food, uh, kid yourself. But you know that it doesn't solve every problem. Even the other advanced countries, they have good education, but it's not solving their problems. America today, as I'm sitting here, or South Africa today, as I've, as, since I started preaching to now, some, I don't know how many, thousand or so people have been marked in South Africa by now. Some other number of people have been shot dead on the streets in America by now. In places like Chicago and these kind of cities. New Orleans and others. As I, since I started preaching, at least people are fighting and gangs are taking over. Los Angeles as I, with, even though I don't know, I know for a fact that every five minutes a major crime is taking place in this place. Even there. So it's, it's not economic development that makes it say amen but you you say you have the light i say i have the light and we say come and see the light the light of god jesus is the light is in me Two. in the nation even your own school that you have attended your secondary school since you left 20 years ago what have you done for the school when they call old boys old school girls meeting Oh, these people—they are those who have succeeded. They are boasting with their money. We, we are okay. trying to make it. You haven't succeeded yet. When will you succeed? Jesus said, "Give, and shall be given good measure, pressed down, shaking together. If you give, if you are faithful in little, God will give you your own, your own old boys, old girls association, your own school that you, your middle school that you left." When you go to the village, you see all the windows closed, and all the windows broken, and the people are goats are flying through. And, and see, and you are, you are, you are just, How do you feel? How do you feel? That even if you are saying, okay, I'll just, I'll just, one half, uh, 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 I'll buy ten wooden chairs to go and help those children. Instead of they carrying their tables and chairs all from the home, and you see some of the children, the way they are even dressed, it's just a, a mobile. It's pathetic. But you say, oh, maybe. And when you go, you are in a hurry to come to the city because that, you don't want to be identified with that. That is, is history. That's most of us. We don't. If you can't at law, your pay, let me give you a, a, a little cue. Your salary, you can go to your headmaster of your former school, your primary school, your village. Say, look, I'm putting 500 Ghana down just to help. Ten children. This term, Either uniform, feeding them their books. You will be surprised if you do that every year. 500 Ghana. You will be surprised what that 500 Ghana will transform people into. You will be surprised. You will be very surprised. I'm not, I'm not going too far into the spiritual because I think we preach a lot of spiritual things to the church. We are talking light shines in the land. And I'm saying that number one, is a personal light. Number two, is a communal light. Even in our neighborhood where we live, the light must shine. As young people are growing up, as older people are growing up, the older people, how do we pay attention to them? Esther said, my maids, that is her community, and I will fast. Say amen. And then, third focus of the light is the national leadership. So, personal, communal, and national. The national level. That's why I said that the national level, usually, you see John the Baptist's message. Let's look at John the Baptist in um, Luke chapter 3. John the Baptist makes some statements over there in verse 12. And then the tax collectors came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? Collect no more than what is appointed. You see, he addressed the economic issue. We cannot be the light when we are ignorant of, of, of e- economics. He, how did John the Baptist, the man living in the wilderness, he knew that the people in the city they were collecting more tax than they had to collect. Many of us, we think, oh, this part, this part of this is so important, this one is not. Now, the government has announced this free education, whatever. I'm very sure very few people are bothered to find out what are the details. What does it really mean? We just say free education. You are campaigning and arguing with some other person, another party. Uh, my party is doing it. And my party didn't do that. That's all. But let's go into the basic See, John the Baptist, a man of the bush, wilderness, the scripture said, he told the tax collectors, don't collect more. When was he in the city that he learned that tax collectors collect more than they should collect? He was economically savvy. He knew the economics. He knew that this is how house was going on. When Jesus met Zacchaeus, do you realize that he had a similar encounter with him? Jesus was also very knowledgeable of economics. When they came for the tax, also for him, he said, go and open the mouth and how much do you have in it? Remove it and go and pay the tax. We are the only generation that sometimes become so spiritual that we become ignorant of economics. We must not. If you want to be a light to the nation, you must know economics. The language of the world is economics. That's what the world understands. If we are going to be a blessing to the nation abundantly, we cannot rule out the understanding of economics. Thanks to people like Mr. Anipa. He spent over 20 years working on Ghana's budget. Trying to make it real to us. Every year we used to hear Bodea San Road. Last week I went there. <laughs> Your famous Bodea San Road. I passed there. So economics must be simplified and we must be interested in the economic well-being of the people that we want to help. Hallelujah. And economics isn't just about giving stipends, chop money to people, but creating ways of making livelihoods better. It, it includes ed, ed, trying to look at education, counseling, and all of that, t- teaching them how to invest properly, and all of that. If we can get ourselves our own knowledge, you see, John the Baptist is calling. He started with he had a word. What word do you have for anybody who is in economic dilemma? If somebody is always in debt and he comes to you and you are just giving him money, giving him money, giving him money, that you are not going to solve his problem. If you go and study and you understand the spirit of investment and you understand how to save and you teach that person, this is how to save, you get 50 CDs, put 5 CDs here. Let me keep it for you. Put it, Join Dr. Indom Susu or some other Susu, SIC Susu, and pay every week, put it here. At the end of a year, you get so much, they will learn from you. Amen. But if you are ignorant, you, you don't know that there are many facilities like that. So every day they will come. You are just giving them. You'll be like all these development can, uh, 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 partners. Give you and give you and give you no see then They saw it. And now they change. They say, no, what we give you now, we will come and join you to run your economy. And say, no, we don't want it. They will come. So when, we cannot be a light in people's national economic issues if we ourselves we are ignorant. That's why our, our discussion on national issues only end after our vote. Because we don't understand the issues. When they talk balance of payments, we don't understand it. When we talk about deficit, we don't understand. Oh, somebody said, it's a, a deficit is 30%, 50%, 70%. We don't understand it. And we need to be economic savvy. If we are going to speak prophetically to the, the authorities, the leaders of the land, hey, you must speak, you must understand their language. Otherwise, your prophecy will just end in just I mean, seeing images. You know, before the elections, we have prophets who said, oh, if, uh, like when the one guy prophesied about the Hillary Clinton, I saw that a, a, a man was winning and then the, a woman was winning and then the woman, if they didn't pray, the woman will win. This kind of, that's how your prophecy will be. <laughs> and then, when the woman didn't win. He said, Ah, but I didn't say the woman will lose. I said, If they didn't pray, and uh, so many conditions. And the same thing with our own. People say, uh, Oh, I saw the, uh, the, the former president uh, winning. Then uh, when he, he lost, they say, Oh, uh, it was a different person. You didn't understand me properly. That's where our prophecy will end. But when you, you, the prophet, you have understood. Look at, look at even Isaiah. I, I say Isaiah. Elisha. Elisha, when he was talking about the, the prophecy about the Samaria, the feeding in Samaria, did you realize the economics there? He said, "By tomorrow, by this time, a, a, a pound of, uh, of grain will sell for so much. This will sell for so much." Ah! Today, our prophets, most of our prophets, when you sell, "If you ask them what is the inflation rate today," they can't even tell you inflation rate. And we ask, "How can we speak to the nation prophetically about the economics?" When Joseph was put in as a prophet, and he was being a light to, to Pharaoh's household, look at the dynamics. He said, the, the, he said "Nobody can do this management, this economic manager, but you, because the wisdom from above is with you." When Daniel, there's a Bible said, and he had an excellent spirit, having been learned in, in the sciences and in the economic issues, So he said, of all the premiers, he was made the head, not because he could just prophesy, but because he had an insight into the economics, and into the science. Hallelujah. We want to be the light. We must now begin, we must gather our loins and begin to, you know, delve spiritual, and, 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 and physical, and logical economics. That's what he says. He, appro- he addressed the, 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 the task collectors. He addressed the security men. Said, and the soldiers also came. And the soldiers also came. And they asked him, John the Baptist." And he had a message for the soldiers. Relevant message for the soldiers. So, if you want to be the light in the land, and you don't understand security matters, we just talk from our, just our feelings. No. The generation we are in, and, and, and soldier or security is more than physical presence of ammunition. No. Intelligence is the new new game. Intelligence is the new game. So, when you, I mean, you want to to contribute to the debate on security in Ghana, on the world today, and you don't know that a man called Flynn has resigned. You don't know why he has resigned. And you are in the world, and you want to be a light. You don't know. You don't know the man called Flynn why has Flynn resigned and you are here and you are a christian and you are how can you advise Donald uh, Trump on security matters even if you are anointed with the holy ghost and with power it will be difficult are you getting me we need to understand that the times in which we live god is demanding a lot from us if we are going to be the light be sharp spiritually the holy ghost sharpening us but we must also be sharp in economics you must be sharp in security it talks also about religion he says and also the pharisees in matthew 3 verse 7 and the scribes they also went to john and john also spoke to them he knew the spiritual status many of us one of the reasons why we are very ineffective when it comes to being a light to people in the land, But we are very naive when it comes to what is going on spiritually. We don't know the difference between a pile life and kumchacha. We don't know what's happening. We just know that, oh, the, we, are, we don't know Prophet One and uh, what do you call him? Obedi. We just talk loose. No, but you see, it's important because somebody sitting by you who needs the light of prophetic understanding may think that, oh, every prophecy is prophecy. You know, when I was growing up as a young Christian, I remember I heard about prophecy. I didn't know prophecy. And I thought that everybody who prophesied was of God. Anybody who says something uh, uh, like a soothsayer was a prophet. One day, 31st night, our family went to a guy, a man like that, when it was then in the ringway area. And everybody would go, and this man would say something, just like Pastor has been saying. And say something, You, I see you, your car number, so so and so, you have an accident, and I'm going to go up to this man for candle, and for incense, and Florida water. And when I I, I used to doubt him. So when I went on that 31st night, and he said all of those things, then my siblings said, uh-huh, You see, you, you're doubting this man. Now you see that he has prophesied about this man, this person will have this accident, he's had this car. Then I said, Oh, yes, now I know that he's a prophet. But a few. Months or years after, when I studied the word of God, I said, oh, this one is familiar spirit. See, when you are ignorant, you can't give direction. So that is why it's important that even in spiritual matters, we must be savvy. We must know and have the discernment, the ability to to, to direct the nation. That is why many of our African leaders are in trouble you go to a president's house or office and you see everybody is a prophet speaking something. I wonder how they sift. Because many of them, they are not spiritually discerning. And I just pity them sometimes. Everybody says, that says the Lord. That says the Lord. And it becomes difficult. That was, that's been our problem. Since, if you read Professor Pobi's book on religion and politics in Ghana, you understand what I'm talking about. Every, since the days of our first president, people have gone to the presidency always telling things. And because many of them, they don't really know God in the word sake, they just get derailed. When I read about the, 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 the 1972 coup, I saw all the people who were in it. The, most of the key actors belong to a spiritual movement, which used to be a James uh, what do you call it? I saw how it all happened. So ah. See, so, if we who say we have the light, are naive or we are ignorant, My brother, my sister, we can't give direction to the people of the land. We can't give direction to our leaders. That is why we must, like John the Baptist, be knowledgeable. When it comes to the political arena, you see the political arena, he was so savvy. He spoke to Herod. He said, Herod, you can't misbehave on the throne like that. You are the king, but that right of kingship doesn't give you a right to take people's wives and marry them and do what you like. No. He spoke to authority. Brethren, I can't finish what I want to say from my heart, but I see we have such a great need if we want to be the light to our nation. Hallelujah. But let me say this thing. When we look at the life of John, we understand that there is a price to pay for being the light. Let's not kid ourselves. And the, the important thing is that are you prepared to pay the price? Because we who are a, a kind of in the limelight somehow, I have had to pay some prices somewhere along the line. Even among clergymen, sometimes there's labeling. So people say, oh, this, that's what you people, you, you are fundamentalists. Because there are many things that we, we disagree on sometimes that we will meet as clergy among ministers over basic issues. People will think, oh, the government should relax this way. The government should do that, that way. And I can't say here. But we, people cut you off because of the position you take. You say, oh, this is what the word of God says. We pastors should not be saying this or doing this to endorse this or that. They say, oh, then forget it. You can't be close to me. I've had to face that many times. But I don't have a problem with that. You are isolated. But in the case of John... The scripture in Luke 3, 19 and 20 says, he was incarcerated. He was captured and put in prison. Ultimately, he was killed. He paid the ultimate price. So being the light, shining light, as the scripture said, is not easy. It may not be easy. I'm not saying it comes so easy. It doesn't come easy. But in the case of Mordecai, in the book of Esther, in chapter 10, in verse one to three, we are told that he was elevated. He had a glorious finish. I don't know which choice God is going to make for you and for me, but whichever way it is, I challenge you and I to be willing to pay the price. If it pleases God that being the light to the nation means a promotion, so be it. But if it pleases God that being the light to the nation to the community, may lead to you losing certain benefits, privileges, rights, being trampled upon, and all, being labeled, being sidelined. My dear brother, my sister, Jesus said, Blessed are ye when men revile you and say all manner of evil against you, for great is your reward in heaven. For so, persecuted they, the prophets, who were before you. It will not be new. John the Baptist went through. If you go through, or if I go through, it's not new. Let us bow our heads as we consider these things. Tell the Lord, Lord, open my eyes to see the opportunities to shine forth wherever I find myself. Be it in my little world, in your little life, in your community, in my community. If the opportunity comes to speak to authority, to speak to the leadership of the nation through the media, through any means, may God give you and I the boldness, the wisdom to speak it in the name of Jesus. Ask the Lord. John was full of the Spirit of the Lord. Say, Lord, fill me with your Spirit so I will know your right timing. So I will know what to say. Oh Lord, in the name of Jesus.
0: Thank you, Lord. Help me, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
1: Help your people. May we find our place. If the Lord placed on your heart to be of help to some children, charity somewhere, some old people somewhere, some people that are. Suffering somewhere. May the Lord help you to see it and accept it. In your little way. Be a solver of the problems of the nation. The government is trying. But it may not be enough. Maybe it's our time. Beyond what we do for missions and all of these. As an individual. What can you do for your country? What can you do for your community? What can you do in your family? What can you do to make a difference? Esther said. I and my mates fast and after. If I perish, I perish. What would you want to do also? So you become the shining light. May the Lord help us to be that shining light. In Jesus name. Amen.